Old Testament portion today begins in Numbers chapter 16, verse 1. Now Korah, the son of Kohath, son of Levi, and Dathan and Abriam, the son of Eliab, and of the son of Pelah, sons of Reuben, took men. And they rose before Moses. Wow, they rose before Moses. With a number of the people of Israel, 250 chiefs of the congregation chosen from the assembly, well-known men. They assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said to them, You have gone too far. For all in the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Why then do you exalt yourself above the assembly of the congregation? Now, this is fascinating. I want you to notice that rebellion starts with leadership. Rebellion doesn't start among the people. It's always leaders who rebel. And they said, you've gone too far. For in all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Why do you exalt yourself above the assemblies of God? Now, now notice. Why do you exalt yourself? But I taught you earlier, Moses is recorded as humble. In fact, God said Moses was the most humble man of his generation. And if we weren't live right now, I'd take time and look up that verse and write it in. Moses was the most humble man of his generation. And here they are saying that Moses is proud. All right, so the problem is opinion. The problem is not truth. The problem is opinion. Problem is opinion, not truth. Moses heard it and fell on his face. He said to Korah and all his company, In the morning, God will show who is his, who is holy, and will bring him near to him. The one whom he chose chooses, he will bring near to him. Now notice, it's all about relationship. Do this. Take censers, Korah and all his company. Put fire in them and put incense on them before the Lord tomorrow. And the man whom God chooses shall be the Holy One. You have gone too far, sons of Levi. All right. In other words, Moses said, you've pushed. You crossed the line. And Moses said to Korah, hear now, you sons of Levi. Is it a small thing for you that the God of Israel separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself, to do service in the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation and minister to him? So he said, is it, is it too small a thing? He said, this is pride. He said, is it too small a thing? Pride over, let's call it this way, pride regarding size of office. He said, is it, is it too small a thing that God gave you spiritual leadership in Israel? He, he said, is that too small for you? So this whole thing about this rebellion is pride. You, you wanted to be something more. You, you wanted 
to be Aaron. You wanted to be me, but God called you to be leaders, yes, but you're not happy with where God puts you. So pride regarding position. And that he brought you near to him and all your brothers, the sons of Levi, with you. And would you still seek the priesthood also? He said, what? can't you be happy being who God called you to be? Therefore, it is against the Lord that you and all your company, you and your company have gathered together. What is Aaron that you should grumble against him? Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and they said, we will not come up. <laughs> so arrogance with rebellion. We're not going to pay any attention to you, Moses. Why should, why should we do what you say? Oh. Is it a small thing that you have brought us up out of a land flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness, that you also make yourself a prince over us? Now notice, all right, here's the problem. We have a problem with Two problems. We have a problem with pride of position. They wanted more. And we have a problem with leadership decision. We want to go back to Egypt. All right, so here's, here's the issue. Pride of position and leadership decision. So pride, let's just call it straight up, pride and power. This was the cause of the rebellion of the sons of Korah. And Moses was very angry <laughs> and said to the Lord, do not respect their offerings. I have not taken one donkey from them and I have not harmed one of them. Moses said to Korah, be present you and all your company before the Lord, you and they and Aaron tomorrow morning. And let every one of you take his censer and put incense on it. And every one of you bring before the Lord his censer, 250 censers, you also and Aaron each his censer. So every man took his censer and put fire in it, laid incense on them and stood at the entrance of the tent of meeting with Moses and Aaron. Then Korah assembled the conger, all the congregation against them at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Wow. Wow. So the whole group, the whole rebellion group gathered together and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the congregation. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, separate yourselves from among this congregation that I may consume them in the moment. And they fell on their faces and said, oh God, God of the spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin and he be angry with all the congregation? Now notice, this is not just the rebellion group. This is the whole nation, the whole people. The whole rebellion group spread. Wow. So it started with sons of Korah. It started with a family. And then it spread to the 250. And now it spreads 
to the nation. Wow. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Say to the congregation, Get away from the dwelling of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Then Moses arose and went to Dathan and Abiram, and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spoke to the congregation, saying, Depart, please, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch none of theirs, lest you be swept away with all their sins. So they got away from the dwelling of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And Dathan and Abiram came out and stood at the door of their tents, together with their wives, their sons, and their little ones. And Moses said, Hereby you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works, and that it has not been of my own accord. If these men die as all men die, or if they are visited by the fate of all mankind, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord creates something new, and the ground opens its mouth and swallows them up with all that belongs to them, and they go down alive into Sheol, then you shall know that these men have despised the Lord. Now, this is what rebellion is. Rebellion is despising the Lord. As soon as he had finished speaking all these words, the ground under them split apart, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with all their households and all the people who belonged to Korah and all their goods. So they and all that belonged to them went down alive into Sheol, and the earth closed over them, and they perished from the midst of the assembly. And all Israel were around them, fled at their cry, for they said, lest the earth swallow us up. And fire came up from the Lord and consumed the 250 men offering the incense. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Tell Eliezer, the son of Aaron the priest, to take up the censers out of the blaze. Then scatter the fire far and wide, for they have become holy. As for the censers of these men who sinned at the cost of their lives, let them be hammered into plates as a covering for the altar. Wow. For they offered them before the Lord, and they became holy. Thus they shall be a sign to the people of Israel. Now notice, whatever is given to God, gifts become holy. Whatever is given to God becomes holy. And then he said, you know what? I want these things laid out as a covering for the altar so that every time the people of Israel come and they bring their sacrifice, they bring their offerings, they remember this rebellion. So Eliezer the priest took the bronze censers, which those who were burned had offered, and they were hammered out as a covering for the altar to be a reminder to the people of Israel so that no outsider who is not of the descendants of Aaron should draw near to burn incense before the Lord, lest he become like Korah and his company, as the Lord had said to him through Moses. But on the next day, all the congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and against Aaron, saying, you have killed the people of the Lord. <laughs> See, folks, rebellion does not end with defeat of leaders. Rebellion doesn't end with the defeat of the leaders. Rebellion is contagious because it is an attitude. And it gets in people and it changes how they think. And when the congregation had assembled, now here again, here's the whole congregation assembling against Moses and against Aaron. 
They turned toward the tent of meeting, and behold, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord appeared. And Moses and Aaron came to the front of the tent of the meeting, and the Lord said to Moses, saying, Get away from the midst of the congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell on their faces. And Moses said to Aaron, Take your censer, put fire in it from off the altar, lay incense on it, and carry it quickly to the congregation, and make atonement for them. For wrath has gone out from the Lord, and the plague has begun. Wow. People among the, the nation now were dying. So Aaron took it as Moses said and ran into the midst of the congregation. And behold, the plague had already begun among the people. And he put on the incense and made atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living and the plague stopped. Wow. Now those who died in the plague were 14,700 besides those who had died in the affair of Korah. And Aaron returned to Moses at the entrance of the tent of meeting when the plague stopped. Now, I want you to notice the role of leadership in this. They didn't want the people to die. They didn't want any of this to happen. They were the ones trying to stop it. They were the ones trying to reason with the people. They were the ones interceding with God. The leaders didn't hate the people because they picked up this contagion, this, this virus of rebellion. Moses and Aaron didn't hate the people. They were out reaching out to the people, trying to help the people. Now, leaders, that's our job. When people have started sowing seeds of rebellion among the congregation, our role is not to be mad at the people. Our role is to pray for the people and see the blessings of God come. Amen? All right, let's open up our hearts and spend some more time in worship. Tried, always failed because of what I've said. Then one day I just met the man who took away all of my sin. He took me away from my losing ways, taught me how to win. I cannot be defeated, no, and I will not win. Redeemed by the blood of That's when I say God's is working my life. I know I can't be had. I just lift up the word of God and give old Satan a fit. I cannot be
Our New Testament passage today picks up in Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. So we're starting a new book today. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who were from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us. It seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account of you, most excellent Theophilus. All right, so this is written to Theophilus, and this is to be an orderly account. So you're going to find a very complete record. Okay, you're going to find a very complete record that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. All right, so the purpose of this writing was so that Theophilus would have a certainty, that he would, he would know these things were certain. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the law, all right, so these were righteous people. In an unrighteous world, with all of the sin and corruption happening in the temple, this was a righteous man and a righteous woman. You see, brothers and sisters, you've got to get a hold of the fact that God always has a remnant. And even like, look at Anna, the prophetess, and Simeon at the dedication of Jesus. I mean, there, there was a group of people that really wanted to serve God in the midst of all of the, the awfulness of the, the corruption of ancient Judaism. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both well advanced in years. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, now they, they rotated, all right? Your, your division is now on duty in the temple and then it has other duties assigned. According to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and to burn incense. So he... He did not go into the Holy of Holies, but he came to the holy place and burned incense of the altar of incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. So he's there, and if this is the, the holy, this is the holy of holies, and this is the holy place. Okay? So he is in this area offering, standing before the altar of incense, and an angel of the Lord stands next to the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell on him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. <laughs> now, forgive me, but I call this a... Um, a use of opportunity. <laughs> a use of opportunity. He was actually coming into the holy place. He would be just outside the curtain of the Holy of Holies, bringing incense before the Lord. And he not only did his duty, but he brought a personal request. Lord, I want a child. And the angel says, your prayer has been heard. <laughs> I, uh, forgive me, but oftentimes I have a simple prayer in the middle of a service. The Holy Ghost is moving. People's lives are being touched. People are being healed. And I just say, Lord, don't forget the preacher. 
Me too, Lord. Touch me by the Holy Ghost, Lord. You know the things. And I'll bring a personal prayer request before the Lord. You know, sometimes, sometimes we do more than our duty. Sometimes we take advantage of a Holy Ghost opportunity and bring a request before the Lord. And he said, you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord. Now, that's a beautiful truth. He will be great before the Lord. So this guy was going to have a great ministry. He was not going to have a small ministry. And there was nothing sinful about him. He was going to have a spectacular ministry. And there was nothing sinful about him. For he will be great before the Lord. This was prophesied. This was his destiny. He must not, and there's conditions, conditions on that great ministry. He must not drink wine or strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. <laughs> so there's the condition, and then here is his purpose. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Now notice the word many. Not all, but many. He was going to start something that Jesus would pick up. Now, now you look at all this and you go, this is God. Before a man is even born, God has a destiny for him. God has a plan for his life. Now, there is a, a price that that man will pay for, or that woman will pay for their destiny. And there is an enabling. There is an enabling. So there is a destiny there is a price, there is an enabling, and there is a purpose. Wow, there's a sermon. There's a sermon. There's a four-point sermon. <laughs> I love it. He will be great before the Lord. Now, some of you young people, from the time you were born, your parents knew there was something different about you. From even before you were born, God's hand has been upon your life. You were raised in a righteous family. You were raised in a family to serve the Lord. And God had a destiny for you. Put some conditions on that. Gave it enabling. And you've got a purpose. He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. To make ready... For the Lord, a people prepared. So here is the purpose. The purpose turn many, and we can number these in a different color, to turn many of Israel to the Lord their God, to go before the Messiah in the power of, to go before Messiah in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, to turn the disobedient to wisdom, to make ready a for the Lord a people prepared. Jesus could have never been as effective in his ministry if John had not been the forerunner. If John had neglected his task, the world would have been a very different place. But by grace, John never neglected his task. He, he fulfilled what God asked him to do. And he did it strongly and died for it. But he did it. And Zachariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? 
How shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. So again, he asked how. He did not, he did not decline. How is not doubt. I've always taught you how is a question of faith. He doesn't say, not me, Lord, do somebody else, use somebody else. He just says, how? And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I was sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. He said, Gabriel, you ask how, but in your heart there's something going on. He said, you ask how? How shall I know this? I'm old. How is this going to happen? So the question of how is okay, but there was something else going on here. There was some doubt in his heart. Now, God didn't kill him. God just said, you'll be silent and unable to speak until the day these things take place. And the people were waiting for Zechariah because they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. Now, brothers and sisters, I want you to notice the people of Israel saw miraculous things. They saw miraculous things. God was not just working with the, the players of this, of this chess game. He was working on the observers of the chess game. When the time of his service was ended, he went home. After these days, his wife conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach from among the people. She kept herself hidden. It was a little embarrassing for an old woman to be great with child. Is this, is this too good to be true? She, she kept herself hidden for a little while. Now we'll pick up the story tomorrow. But, but look at these beautiful truths. Look, look at these beautiful truths. Look at how God will have a destiny for a man even before they're conceived in the womb. Even before conception. God has a destiny and God has a name for them. Even before conception, God knew what would take place. And he said, now listen, there's prices to pay. I'll do the enabling. And there's a purpose that his life has to fulfill. Get a hold of this, young people. There is a destiny for your life. Some of you God has called to build the greatest churches this nation has ever seen. Far greater than anything you see in our nation right now. To touch a nation. God is raising up young men and women as evangelists and as the apostles and prophets. There's a destiny. And it's not a little destiny to pastor a little church of 25 people. It's a destiny of doing great things. There's a price to pay. He'll give you the enabling. But you have to be willing to follow. All right. Well, I, if I'm not careful, I'll get the preaching today. Let's get to Proverbs for a little bit of wisdom before we close out today. Proverbs chapter 13, Proverbs 13, beginning with verse 18. Poverty and disgrace comes to him who ignores instruction. Whoa. Poverty and disgrace. When you have an unteachable spirit, when you have an unteachable heart, 
poverty and disgrace will come to you. When you are not teachable, when you are arrogant and proud, and you ignore instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is honored. When you learn to accept correction, accept correction. Now, do you remember the trigger? The trigger of Judas's betrayal? What was the trigger? Correction. Remember that? That was the trigger of his betrayal. Jesus corrected him. Then he went out, the scripture says. But if you will learn to heed correction, there's honor. A desire fulfilled is sweet to the soul. But to turn away from evil is an abomination to fools. Wow. A desire fulfilled, reaching a goal, reaching a goal is sweet to the soul. I like that. It, it, it feels good to reach a goal. It feels good to accomplish something. But to turn away from evil is an abomination to fools. To turn away. See, fools refuse to turn away from evil. No, they, they just, they, they see evil and they're not going to turn from it. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. But the companion of fools suffers harm. Now look at this one. Walk with the wise, New Living Translation. Associate with fools and get in trouble. You know, companionship. Companionship determines the future. You've often heard me say, friends equal the future. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Who do you hang out with? If you hang out with fools, you're going to do nothing but get in trouble. If you hang out with the wise, you become wise. Disaster pursues sinners. But the righteous are rewarded with good. Now, what is chasing you? Are the blessings of God chasing you? Or is trouble, disaster chasing you? Which one's chasing you? Which one's chasing you? You have to make a decision. Disaster or trouble? What is it going to be in your life? So in other words, all right. So friends equal the future. Lifestyle equals the future. Show me your lifestyle, I'll show you your future. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. These are all about decisions. Now that's some incredible wisdom to get a hold of today. All right, we're going to close out this morning. We're going to see you tonight. We're going to pick up again in the book of Romans, looking at these beautiful giftings again. We've got one more, I think we've got one more, maybe two more to go. We'll see you tonight at seven o'clock.